When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Before AI can help your business predict demand, accelerate growth, inform decisions, automate tasks, reveal insights, generate content, you have to trust it. Introducing WatsonX Governance. Helping you govern any AI as data, models, and policies change so you can scale it responsibly. Let's create AI that begins with trust with Watson X Governance. Learn more at ibm.com slash governance. IBM, let's create. Hey everyone, this is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. I've been needing a quick getaway with my family, and the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the perfect vehicle to take us there. It has standard third-row seating, so I'm able to pack my entire family, plus pets, in the car while also having enough room for our camping essentials. Available H-Track all-wheel drive will get us through any dirt trails, and available dual wireless charging pads will ensure we never have to worry about getting stuck with a dead phone in the middle of nowhere. Visit HyundaiUSA.com. Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Today on this episode of Get Real Podcast, I have the beautiful, talented, stunning Carly Pierce joining me. We talk about her whole life journey. At 16, she dropped out of school, moved to Pigeon Forged, and was singing at Dollywood five days a week in a show. She knew what she wanted to do from such a young age, which is so amazing. She then quickly got a development deal at Sony Records at 19. She was the darling of Nashville, and then everything fell apart and crickets no one would call her back she went from being on top of the world to literally cleaning houses and nannying doing three jobs at one time wondering how she was going to get her music career going again her journey is amazing she is all about staying true to yourself never giving up because she definitely had some moments where she wanted to give up and was wondering how this was going to happen but she stayed true and then everything came together and her single every little thing just exploded And we just talk all about that, what she's learned from this journey, balancing road life while being in love. She and Michael Ray are engaged and they have such a healthy dynamic with their careers and their personal life. And she's just such an inspiration to talk to. She's so real, so raw. And that's what she said too. She has her second album coming out and she really, really, really wants to connect with her fans and not have separation between her and her fans and her music reflects that she's very intentional about being honest in her songs and i just can't wait for y'all to hear this interview here she is carly pierce hey carly pierce hello how's it going good how are you just fantastic you just come in here looking like a million oh my gosh not hardly (laughs) yes i wore my workout clothes because we're getting real getting real 
Yeah. Well, I actually put on a dress for you because I always wear workout clothes and I'm like, Carly looks amazing. Oh so my I'm goodness. I'm going to try a little oh, bit. Oh, you are the cutest. <laughs> I literally have been looking like a dog every day. I no. I so bad for my Michael because I'm like, I'm sorry. This is as good as it gets. Like, I can't. I understand you are very pregnant, so you get a pass. I appreciate that. <laughs> okay, so you just said you're a runner. You're like a big runner. Yeah, I about, I guess, 12 years ago started running uh, when I was over in Pigeon Forge working at Dollywood. Which we have to talk about that because you yes. dropped out of high school to go sing at Dollywood at 16. I did, yes. Okay, we're somehow, circle back around. Somehow convinced my parents to let me do that because I didn't want to sit in school because I knew I wanted to be a country singer. Um, but over there, I ended up starting to run with some of the girls in my cast and actually really enjoyed it and have kept up with it. And now it's kind of like a stress reliever, which sounds gross, but it really is. <laughs> I think it's great. You can do it anywhere, anytime. Yeah. Don't need equipment. Exactly. It's probably great for road life. It's great for road life, especially when I just need to get away. Yeah. You just <laughs> run like forest. Yep. Run forest. <laughs> and you probably get to check out the cities you're in. A little I bit. do. I do. Especially in the summer. It's really fun to be able to just go and find the greenways or anything like that. So I got to go back to Pigeon Forge. Mm-hmm. Forge. Is it Pigeon Forge? Pigeon Forge. Pigeon mm-hmm. Forge. So you grew up in? Northern Kentucky. Northern Kentucky. Mm-hmm. And you always knew you wanted to sing. Always. I you have siblings? I don't. I'm an only child. So that really worked out. Yes, it did. I had parents who were just able to devote to my life. And my mom was an esthetician and a um, cosmetologist. And she quit when I was 10 because she said, I know that this is what she wants to do. This is, I think, her destiny. And I'm going to help her. And so my parents kind of like sacrificed their marriage when I was 16 to be able to move me with my mom into an apartment in Pigeon Forge so that I could sing at Dollywood. Did your dad stay back? He did because I had a grandfather that was still alive and he was taking care of him. So you moved at 16 mm-hmm. and your mom homeschooled you? Yeah. Well, I had a uh, an internet. The, the key part of the story was I told my parents I wanted to quit high school and that I had an online schooling program that was kind of like online college that could get me into any university if I wanted to and I would get my diploma in the mail. And so my mom did not have to do my schooling. So it was just kind of like everything was online. So she was okay with that. (laughs) So what was life like in Pigeon Forge at 16? Now you have a career. You're actually working. Mm -hmm. And how did you get the job? That was my first job. I saw auditions in Cincinnati and just went and auditioned. Uh, You know, it was it's it's half theater, half, you know, it's like a theater show kind of. And I ended up getting the job and I was the youngest by five or six years, which when you're 16, the 16 to 21 is a large jump. Everybody was in college or older and I was nervous. And this was the first time I was away from home and away from my friends. And it was really my first job other than like music jobs. I mean, no one really has big jobs at 16. No. And so I went in and it, we worked uh, six shows a day, five days a week, and they became family. There were six of us in the cast and they took me in as their little sister and it was so fun. What was the show? It was called Country Crossroads. Okay. And it was kind of the story of Pigeon Forge intertwined with the story of Dolly and just how she came from Sevierville and just kind of the the um, timeline of country music and all of the songs and artists that were kind of important, I guess, along the way. Have you met Dolly and told her this yet? 
I have. You and know how did that go? <laughs> I met her a few times because she uh, lets all of her performers meet her um, every year. So you year. met her when you were performing. I've met her. So I met her at 16. I met her at 17. And then we, I don't know why this happened, but I think it was the Dollywood Angels. But we released albums. My debut album came out on the same day that she released a children's album. And we were on the Today Show on the same day. So I got to go up to her and tell her again. And she called me her little Dollywood girl. No. And my whole band was like peeking through the door watching because it was just, they knew what that meant to me. Was that like a moment that like marked time for you? Yes. I mean, to me, she is the, the ultimate goal to me as far as just how she carries herself, how she is as an artist, as a just visionary. Um, everything about her, I feel like is what, you should aspire to be as a human, her heart, everything. How does she do that? I don't, I really don't know. She says she gets up. I, I read all these articles, like she gets up at 3 a.m. and writes songs. And what? I'm like, well, I don't know. I can't do that. Oh, <laughs> God. I know. She's truly like an angel on this earth. Yes, very much. Yeah, but she's still got her sass. I know. I love her. She's my favorite. Okay, so you got started in Dollywood mm -hmm. and then you're like, okay, I'm ready for Nashville. Yeah. You move at 19 mm -hmm. and you get a development deal right away. Really fast. Within That's the amazing with Sony. Yes. Within the first two years of living there, I had a publishing deal with Universal Music and had a developmental record deal. And I was like, wow. How did that all happen? I Everything about my story is strange. I met a songwriter on MySpace. Back in the day. Back on MySpace, MySpace when day. I was working at Dollywood. Okay. And okay. He was from Kentucky and we bonded and his wife worked in A&R um, in Nashville and they just kind of helped me to get my foot in the door very early on here and was randomly playing a, I had a residency at th the old Third and Lindsley, which mm -hmm. is a club in Nashville. Mm -hmm. And um, my A&R person at the time, or who was going to end up being my A&R person was just sitting at the bar and literally offered me a developmental deal on the spot oh my gosh and that doesn't happen that doesn't happen and now looking back I'm kind of like well those don't even happen anymore but the, at the time I thought that was so great because I just wanted to be attached to anything in Nashville and that was Sony. awesome Sony I was like oh my gosh so many of yes. my favorite artists have come from Sony so immediately I was just like yes I want to do it <laughs> yes, I was like it. yes thank you <laughs> and I felt like oh my gosh this isn't that Hard. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, because it happened so fast. Mm -hmm. Okay, then what happened? Did you ever start thinking it was hard? So <laughs> I, oh my gosh, I, so I was 21 and was on the fast track of every publisher in town wanting to pitch me songs, every songwriter wanting to write with me, everyone just kind of treating me as the, as the new darling that yes. was going to be the next one to get her uh -huh. shot. Yes, yes. So I'm getting all this attention. Everything's great. And, and you're like, heck yes, I have arrived. Yeah, I really was like, wow, this wasn't as hard as everybody thought. <laughs> yeah. Like, cool. It's great. <laughs> I knew I was supposed to do this. Yeah. Um, and my dream was to work with Paul Worley, a producer, which you know him. And he did the Dixie Chicks. Yes. And Martina and Sarah Evans and everybody that I loved. And I was so excited he was going to produce my record. And I mean, this is just falling into place. Literally, I'm like, oh, my God, this is amazing. But I will tell you. And I don't know that I've ever even really said this, but as this was all happening, I didn't have a clear vision of who I was. I knew that the 90s ladies were really my big influences, but I felt like some of the artists that the A&R person was 
saying I sounded like or this song direction should be like this wasn't necessarily what I wanted, but I just went with it. Because mm-hmm. at that time, if she would have told me to dye my hair blue, I probably would have done it. Because you're just so impressionable and you just want to make it. Yes. You, all you want is your shot. Mm-hmm. And you're, you're a baby. Yes. <laughs> and I had no idea what was happening. And I got a Facebook message that said, I'm so sorry from a songwriter. And I was sitting at dinner. I'll never forget where I was. And I was like, what do you mean? And we are, we had already had um, all of the, the studio dates slotted for like the next month to start the record. I was like, what do you mean? And they're like, oh my gosh, you don't know, I guess that so-and-so got fired today. And that was my person at the label. And so that person never did fully reach out to me when it happened and let me know. They um, eventually sent me a text and told me that they were let go. And what is so beautiful now to me, but horrible at the time was this person wanted to keep me all to themselves and kind of like wait to deliver the finished product to the label and then sell it to try and get it upgraded to a a full record deal Mm -hmm. instead of a developmental deal. So no one else had any investment in your project, but this one person who's not fired. Exactly. So blessing now, but at the time horrific because I was immediately like, I was the first one to be dropped because your person's gone. Yeah. Nobody has anything to do with me. Oh no. And I remember the call. What does that feel like at night? Are you 19? I was 21 at this time. And you, so you've invested now two years Mm -hmm. of your life in this. Mm -hmm. Yeah. My friends are all kind of like starting to graduate college start their mm-hmm. lives and I'm like oh no now I'm back at square one yes but I guess you're not because you've made so many connections and you have like made such a mark on the town but as far as a deal you're like back at the ground yeah and what was interesting is after that record deal ended very soon after I lost my publishing deal with Sony because it was all Ugh, together it's like a domino effect it isn't is it? everyone stopped Returning calls. Isn't that weird how everyone stops calling? Like, no one would answer. People would literally ignore me in public. You go from the darling to people ignore you. That is what blows my mind. Yes. It's it was. It, it's good to learn that early, though. It was. And I think now it's helped me. And it helped me a few years ago. Um, just to know that, I guess. Uh, but it was so horrible. And I couldn't get people to respond to emails. I couldn't get anything going. So I had to get a job because I was like, I can't afford to not. So I cleaned Airbnbs and worked retail and nannied because I could kind of between the three of them make it to where I could still write songs or play rounds or do things like that. And it was horrible. Like just horrible. Talk about shock to the system. Yeah. I mean, it was so... I just couldn't believe it and was trying to take meetings and people would listen to songs and be like, wow, you're one of the best female singers we've heard. Bye. <laughs> and I would be like, oh, that's it? Like no do you follow think, up? Do you think people like get into this 
place where they think like, oh, it didn't work with Sony, so she must be old news. Do you think that's a thing? I was told I was old news, and I genuinely and you hadn't even gotten a shot. I hadn't had a shot yet. Nobody at radio ever heard me until every little thing. But everyone in Nashville had already known you, and then Sony ended up letting you go for reasons that were just so out of your control. Mm-hmm. But people are like, oh, okay, moving on next. Who's the next new thing? Absolutely. I think I got tainted in Nashville. And I spent the next two to three years um, playing showcases for labels, would pack places out. One person wouldn't want to do it, and then it wouldn't happen. Or I would get down the line with a, a company with a publishing deal and they'd start talking money with me and then just stop answering emails. And so it got to this place where I was so depressed and so feeling like nothing was going to happen that I ended up randomly getting called to be in a music video for Lucy Hale, the pretty little liar star, just as her backup singer. And my dream was always to sing at the Grand Ole Opry. And I always told myself I would never step on that stage until I got to be the artist. Well, her video shoot was on the Grand Ole Opry stage. How do you deal with that dilemma? And I was looking at it and I got on the stage and I was like, wow, this is totally not how I thought this was going to happen. And this was in 2014. And I just went up to her tour manager after our video shoot. And I was like, hey, if you ever actually need a backup singer, let me know. Why they would ever need a backup singer, I have no idea. Literally, I was nannying like three weeks later and he called me and he's like, hey, can you come to L.A. for a few months and do a bunch of shows with Lucy and some TV? And I just quit all my jobs and I was like, you know what? I need to go out there and like fall back in love with music a little bit. Because were you burnt out? I had spent like, I mean, this is now two years later and I'm still fighting to stay alive and stay like excited but I'm playing every show I can I'm trying to write I'm trying to take meetings but like nobody is biting none of these deals are coming through nobody's like super excited everybody's kind of saying the same thing of wow yeah you would have been great in the 90s like the kind of country music that you sing or yeah I mean you're old news I mean that people told me that how do you deal with those feelings especially being so young and so fragile Mm -hmm. like how do you process all that I I don't think that I processed them until every little thing came out. And And then what happened? I, up until every little thing, I mean, I played every, to to fast forward to that, I played every little thing for a few labels two weeks before Sirius X and the Highway put it on the radio and they passed. Nobody thought it was good. Everybody was like, I literally had a manager sit me down and say, I love you, but these songs are never going to cut through. Do you understand me? They are never going to cut through. How can someone say that? I mean, and then turned around two weeks later and is like begging me to sign with him. So all of this to say, I think I have, I have had a really hard time dealing with. Do you have PTSD? Yes. And I think I'm just now like able to let it go because this industry is so cutthroat and so transparently fake Mm -hmm. that it hurt me and it caused me to not believe people not trust people Um, because you've seen both sides I have and I think that my producer Busby and my publisher Daniel Lee were like the first two people to really get the other side of the beat up dog because I was so hesitant with them when they offered me a deal two years before every little thing. So this is like 2015 
after Lucy, after I'd done that for a year. And they would tell you now, like I was so guarded because I just didn't trust people. And I think that then watching as a 27 year old who had something, had a song that was selling that everybody wanted. So serious is what changed the game. Serious changed the game for me. And, and people who are listening, serious is its own platform and they can play music and it doesn't have to have a record deal. Yep. You don't have to have like a promotion team pushing it. Like if, if Sirius XM just likes it, they can play it. Yeah. And I actually had two songs on Sirius prior to every little thing. They, they did okay for being independent songs, but nothing like that did. Um, and what's really funny is I was, I had five songs recorded with Busby that were going to be part of an artist discovery program that Spotify, the Opry, CMT, and SiriusXM were all going to collectively come together and launch with me. Oh, wow. And that was going to be like so the... So this is like a breakthrough. I'm sure that yeah. feels good. I was like, oh my gosh, all these people, Leslie Fram over at CMT, John Marks, Pete Fisher that was at the Opry at the time, um, and J.R. Schumann, they were all going to rally around me and like really try to push me independently because they all believed in it and couldn't figure out why I couldn't get a deal. So we all had this one song that we thought was going to be the song and every little thing was a part of the project. But like, as you know, a debut song that is a ballad with very little production about on heartbreak a female. on a female is like, <laughs> no, 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 no. I mean, no. you're setting yourself up for, yeah, rejection. Absolutely. And when I wrote that song, I was like, man, this is, I love, I wish I could put this out, but like I can't because everybody had told me for the last seven years that I couldn't. So I played all of these songs and everybody was ready and JR wouldn't respond to messages. And I was like, I need you because I need the radio. And he runs SiriusXM. He does. And so he took me to lunch and he was like, every little thing is an absolute monster. I'm putting it out in two days. Oh my God. He kind of jumped the gun. And I was like, <gasps> I went to my publisher, Daniel and Busby, and I was crying. And I was like, he's going to ruin it. He's going to ruin it. And he was like, you have to just let him do it yeah. and see what happens. So I felt like I had no choice. So in two days, I had already hired like an outside publicity team to help and I was going to pay for it. And they ruined, like he ruined all of that because <laughs> I had no time to do anything. Uh -huh. But what's so interesting and I think is like a God thing is I had just done a photo shoot for this artist discovery program and the only song we did six looks and the only song that we shot an actual photo for was every little thing. Really? So it was actually like ready meant to be. So we do that. It goes on the air and Buzz Brainerd, who works as one of the DJs at Sirius XM was there with JR and Buzz is a dear friend of mine. That's been playing my music for a long time. <laughs> JR looked at me and he said, are you ready for this song to change your life? And I rolled my eyes and I was like, yeah, JR, because he sure. was a friend. Uh -huh. And it went on the air and I drove to dinner. And by the time I got to dinner, I looked at my phone and I had a direct message from Allison Jones, who works at Big Machine Records. And it said, I need you to call me in the morning. You found your three minutes. And oh, it was that makes me want to literally cry. within 20 minutes. And I was like, wait, what? And I had my girlfriend with me and I'm like, I've never had a message like that. And what's interesting is I had met Allison about four years prior and she, I went in and played for her and she was like, I love what you do. Keep going. And she was one of the only people that I had met with that I really felt like got what I did. And I see now why I wasn't ready in her eyes, but she mm -hmm. always was there. A big machine was never one that was like, 
no, Mm -hmm. you're old news. Go home, go home. Mm -hmm. Um, And (laughs) that that situation, I mean, every little thing was in the top 10 in iTunes charts with no label, no nothing. It was selling 6,000 units a week. Um, I think the only two songs to ever do that as a highway find were Cruise and Chillin' It, Cole Swindell and FGL and me. Um, it It was so crazy. And I watched everyone because I had a metric song working go, oh, wait, 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 wait. We love you. We love you. And I I think the biggest thing that I've learned is nobody knows. Nobody knows. We're all trying to figure out what's going to work because uh-huh. nobody can tell what the what the people are going to want, what country music fans or just music fans are going to attach themselves to. And there's so many ways to get heard and to break through. Yes. Like yours is not typical. At all. That was the craziest, and I will say this until I die, that month, because I put it out the week of Thanksgiving. Everybody was like, that's not going to work. Nobody's listening to the radio they're with their families nobody gets a record deal in the fourth quarter my record deal was being done on christmas eve like nothing and what's so funny is i got a record deal the week of thanksgiving it was done over the christmas holiday and i was on radio tour the last week of january like that's how fast it happened for me and i see why my plan was made to figure out who I was as a person, as an artist, make the music that I wanted to for those eight years so that I wasn't sitting at a record label. I wasn't sitting just trying to figure out what I was going to be. You were ready. By the time it came, you were ready. I was trying to catch up with the song as far as like, oh gosh, okay, we have to make an album. We have to like <laughs> go in and finish this thing because it's moving so fast. And I'm so thankful that I did so much on the front end to not have to sit at a label and to be able to just be ready and like have a product and be able to look at a, a record label president and go see the respect in his eyes of like you, I actually want something that you already have. Mm-hmm. And I view you as a partner, mm-hmm. not as my little minion that I'm gonna make, make. that I have to make. Mm-hmm. You're already made. Yeah. Dad deserves something really nice for Father's Day. But let's face it, we usually don't do it. Big gifts are for Mother's Day. Picking something up on the way is for Father's Day. Well, let's make Father's Day something this year with the Bartesian Cocktail Maker. It whips up over 60 premium cocktails on demand, each ready at the push of a button. And right now, you get $50 off the Bartesian Cocktail Maker when you buy one pack of Dad's favorite cocktail capsules. Dad will publicly love that you saved 50 on the countertop machine that crafts premium cocktails on demand. And he'll secretly love that you splurged on him for Father's Day with the gift of a Bartesian. Because the only thing that lets Dad know he's the world's number one dad better than a world's number one dad coffee mug is an artisan cocktail in his hand. Make dad's Father's Day and Father's Day cocktails with all natural juices and bitters without making any mess at all. Visit B-A-R-T-E-S-I-A-N.com backslash father to get $50 off the best premium cocktail maker for dad at the best price for you. Artesian premium cocktails on demand. Are you tired of your scented cleaning products smelling and cleaning like meh? Then it's time for an upgrade with the power of Clorox Sentiva. With an uplifting scent that smells like coconut, Clorox Sentiva gives you powerful clean like Clorox, but a feeling like <sighs> being transported to a tropical island retreat. Imagine putting your phone on Do Not Disturb, tuning out all the constant, just the feeling of warm sand in between your toes and a fruity drink in your hand. The ones with the little umbrella. Refresh your home to feel like an all-inclusive vacation by getting Clorox Sentiva. 
Also available in grapefruit and lavender scents at a nearby retail store. Electricity has always been synonymous with power. And in the BMW i4 M50, power is more refined than ever. It's 100% electric and 100% BMW. Listen carefully and you'll make out the sound of over 500 horses stampeding at a whisper. Experience the rush of pure performance as BMW M-engineered handling takes you through every twist and turn. And elevate each moment of your drive with a suite of cutting-edge technology, including a BMW intelligent personal assistant that gets smarter with every interaction. I've started guidance. And the most advanced iDrive operating system yet for the most powerful vehicle of its kind. Introducing the BMW i4 M50. Silence has never said so much. BMW, the ultimate electric driving machine. So what do you take away from all that? Like, after you go through the 19-year-old Carly who gets the development deal, everything's happening, to losing it all, cleaning houses, basically... Oh, we never finished too when you went to L.A. So when you went to Lucy Hale mm-hmm. and you did L.A., did that kind of re-spark you? I remember going out there and praying on the flight. God, if you want me, because Sonia Isaacs is a singer in town that a lot of people don't know. She's a songwriter, an amazing artist that was on Lyric Street. Um, but she has been a backup singer for so many records and things. And she's one of my favorite singers. And I was like, if I'm meant to, to use my voice the way Sonia has in a different way of helping other artists just being a part of a project, then that's okay. And I went out there and I didn't tell her I was an artist. And she came to me the second day of rehearsals and she said, why are you singing backup for me? I watched you on. Lucy did. Yes. On YouTube. And I told her my whole story and she made it her mission to make her fans aware of me. Stop. She she is one of my dearest friends. And every single step of the way, much like Kelsey Ballerini, who I met through a girls group where I cried my eyes out and said I lost my record deal. Um both of those girls made it their mission to make people aware of me. And I'll wow. never, I'll never forget that. I'll never take that for granted. And I Kelsey will. Kelsey took you on tour, right? She did before I had a record deal. And I, I was so envious of Kelsey in that girls group that we were in. And, uh, because she, did she, she have a record? Deal she had a record one? deal. She was about to put out, love me like you mean it. I looked at her and I was like, you're younger than me and you haven't been here as long <laughs> as me. And it's my turn. And through that, honesty that I just was like I I have no idea what I'm doing we became friends she listened to my music she hit and she didn't forget me and she's never forgotten me what does that teach you that teaches me that women can build up women there is room for all of us and you have to pay it forward and be kind and understand that that girl that was looking at her envious and jealous was just sad that mm-hmm. she didn't have it. She wanted it and she didn't have enough love in her heart for herself because she couldn't figure out what was wrong with her. Nothing was wrong with me, mm-hmm. but I didn't know that yet. And so I was looking at somebody Such else. A good point. It's so hard to know that when you want something so mm-hmm. badly mm-hmm. and it was right there and yeah. then you see someone else that has it. Mm-hmm. It's so hard to sometimes be happy it is. for someone else, even though you know that their story has nothing to do with yours. And actually theirs might actually help your story. It's so true. And I think like that scenario and just being honest with her in that moment, because I could have easily been like, oh, I'm working with this person. And because it's our nature to kind of 
show what I call the Instagram highlight reel. To peacock a little bit. Yeah. And it's like, let's tell all the great things. And it was like, well, I'm not doing great. And I think it's showed me as an artist and as I put out music, I try to be really honest and not make myself this like untouchable thing that has it all together or is like always happy or always good. So what's your takeaway of this whole from the Pigeon Ford 19 to Mm -hmm. all of a sudden everyone dropping you, no one calling you back to the biggest outside radio people rallying for you, CMT, Sirius, Spotify, all rallying in your corner Mm -hmm. to then everybody calling you back within 20 minutes of your song hitting Mm -hmm. the airwaves. Like, what is your takeaway on it on what, how do you navigate the music industry now that you have seen so much? I think that it was meant to be. Uh, My path was going to be my path. And once I started to understand that maybe the way that Faith got there or Trish Yearwood or Carrie or Kelsey or any of them got there, maybe wouldn't be my way. I was able to start building my own thing. And I think that I wouldn't be even a fraction of the artist that I am today or the woman that I am if I hadn't had to go through all of that and figure all of that out and grow up and cry and scream and work jobs that I hated because I will never now take for granted what I'm being given Mm -hmm. and what I'm able to do and now having just a little bit of a place in country music to I'll never take that for granted because I know the other side of that. And I also just think that I wouldn't have known who I was as an artist and I wouldn't have been able to like articulate that if I hadn't have had to go through those seven or eight years of watching my friends get record deals really easy. And then as quickly as they got them, it didn't go that Mm -hmm. way because they didn't know who they were or they didn't Mm -hmm. have the right song or, you know, Mm -hmm. I don't know. I just think I actually was very lucky. In retrospect, isn't that ironic? It's so ironic. Do you think we have to struggle as humans? I do. Why do you think we have to struggle? Because I don't think we automatically should be privileged. I don't think we are made to be privileged. I think we are made to go through mountains and go through roller coaster rides and go through cycles and ebbs and flows of emotions to figure out how to grow a thick skin and how to just figure it out life isn't meant to be easy but why do we as humans think it should be sometimes I think we feel entitled to things (laughs) I think we feel deserving and it's not that we're not that's what I've had to learn is there's no reason that any one female artist should get something first there are I could name you probably 10 right now that have either moved away or came up with me or are still writing songs or still going after it deserve it just like me. So Mm -hmm. it's not about that. I think it's just about being content with who you are on your journey and, and, and doing what you do and not putting so much weight in other things. And I don't know, I feel like I've had to figure that out a little bit and understand that I didn't have it easy, even when I thought I should have it easy, but that's made me be able to have a narrative and be able to share truth about difficult times and maybe inspire somebody who's chasing some other dream and is that a big deal to you to share with others your story because you say that you said that even earlier in this podcast that 
you really don't want to be untouchable. You want Mm -mm. people to know your full story. Mm -hmm. Why is that so important to you? Because I think people can look at album covers or come to shows and see the sparkles and the stage and hear number one or awards or see, I don't know, my relationship or and and glorify that a little bit and and put like a a shiny star ribbon bow on it and I'm just like everybody else and I've had to go through so many things that everybody goes through but I feel like so many artists once they get it they don't they just kind of like act like that didn't happen and kind of take on the new thing and for me I just want people to see that you can especially as a woman I didn't get my record deal till I was 27 almost 28 and they consider that old a they little bit do. i mean crazy which That's is so, so stupid yeah it's so dumb but i felt like oh my god if i don't get this figured out until, you know by 23 i'm screwed yeah no like being a woman and celebrating that and celebrating hardship and just celebrating like truth i the only difference between me and a crowd or me and any other person is i have a microphone that's it so you want people to leave your show and feel like i feel related to and good about like myself because they hear your music and like okay I'm not alone I do yeah that's really what I want I I just I don't want people to feel like I am not approachable and I was reading about your new album this new album is very honest Mm -hmm. talk to me about that because you said you like your first album obviously was perfect in the time of life you're in but you feel like you've grown up since then Mm mm-hmm so what is this new album all about? Obviously, there's a big love element, probably. Yes. But you also hit past relationships. I Yes. I think what every little thing did was <laughs> showed me that song was straight out of my life, too. Mm-hmm. And I think watching people tell me and hearing the stories of how people all related to that song, we all go through that. And I think it challenged me as a songwriter and as an artist to make sure that songs, whether I wrote them or not, from that point on, were that vulnerable and that's scary to put out every little thing yes because i mean that's like exposing your whole heart yeah and but once i did it and i saw how much it touched people it was like a storm because everybody's experienced loss divorce death breakups like i've heard every kind of story you can imagine of how that song has touched people and i wanted to make sure that no matter what kind of song i created that could still be the thing Mm -hmm. So when I went in to do this album, I knew that my fans liked that vulnerability from me. Now going into a second record, um, obviously love is a huge part of just finding yourself as a woman and just finding that extension of who brings out the best in you and loves you unconditionally and and just loves you in good and bad. I think that's all in this album, mm-hmm. loves you through your flaws, and I've been able to kind of celebrate my flaws a little bit more now mm. knowing that person you don't have any flaws let's be real I mean I got some flaws <laughs> I not. definitely got some flaws <laughs> um but yeah I mean in particular there's a couple songs on the record that talk about the fact that over the last few years I hurt someone and I broke someone's heart and I think people are like even when I've said that in interviews they're kind of like Ooh. and it's like yeah nobody wants to talk about that but it happens mm-hmm. and when you find the real one, when you're kind of don't even know that you're settling in something else, Mm -hmm. that can be a difficult thing to talk about. And 
I had to make a decision of how real do you want to go? How real did you go? I went really real. Is it an apology or something? Yes, it is. There are two songs on the album that if this person, and I hope that they will listen to it, it's an apology. And good or bad, sometimes we are at fault. Mm -hmm. And I felt like that was too big of a story of my story, too big of a part of my story over the last couple of years of finding myself and finding love and kind of just like prioritizing me that I had to put it on there. How does Michael, how did he react to that song? I let him hear them (laughs) very early in the process and we talked about it and he gets it, you know? I mean, even his current single, Her World or Mine, is about an ex. Mm -hmm. And that's a devastating song that he lived. He lived that heartbreak before meeting me and it's, you know, people are like, oh my gosh, is that weird for you? And I'm like, no, because people's stories are broken and good and bad and ugly. And it all ultimately led both of us to each other. And I think that when you're songwriters and you're artists, you can understand that a little bit more. Mm -hmm. Probably would be harder to explain to somebody who wasn't a writer, but he gets it. And he Mm -hmm. gets that that's just a part of the story that I need to tell on this record. Was it healing to put that out there? Yeah. And I actually just played, I did a fan club party for CMA Fest and surprised them and played four songs from the record. And one of them was that song. And it was way more emotional to play it for the first time for people than I thought it would be just because it's so honest. Like it's almost (laughs) at, there are lyrics in it that are almost like embarrassing. You almost want to do this. I can't believe I'm actually saying this. Yeah. But it's like, you know what? It's what happened. What's it called? Uh, that one's called Halfway Home. Okay. Oh, I'm excited mm. about this. I live for personal albums because to me, if I am investing in an artist, I really want to know who you are. Right. You know, and I really want to be on your journey and I appreciate that mm-hmm. so much when an artist is willing to share. Yeah. Because it's scary. It is. It's You're really scary. Your heart out there. You're putting your whole heart out there and people, you're a product at that point. People can like, say anything they want about your whole heart oh yeah they can and social media (laughs) is fun for that how do you navigate social media especially now that you and michael are like the it couple you know (laughs) i would be lying to you if i said i don't read comments i would be mean to you Mm -hmm. really yeah i mean yeah about what i a lot of people maybe don't think that I should be with Michael. Um, I've had people body shame me over taking photos of me at shows and asking if I was pregnant or if I'd gained weight or, oh my gosh, you run a ton. Why does your stomach look like this? And I'm like, because I am bent over (laughs) singing. What do you mean? People are mean. People hide behind computers and and say things that I almost sometimes think they just want to feel part of something but I don't think that they think we read those things does it hurt your feelings yeah it's it's definitely hard or somebody will say they didn't like a song or have something to say about what you wore or um yeah we call them trolls (laughs) um but yeah I mean it's hurtful because we are real people Mm -hmm. and I don't know that people think that we really run our accounts or something I don't know but Mm -hmm. it does hurt and it's hard to kind of put your whole self out there every single day. And I would be lying to you if sometimes, especially the, I I posted about the body shaming thing. If I don't change my outfit two or three times, 
wondering, oh my gosh, if I stand this way, and that's not fair, mm-hmm. but it does get to you sometimes. And pe- everybody has an opinion, and I think you just have to like navigate that and, again, believe in what you're doing, and there's a lot of people that will go after them when they say it. So, so what has been the best and the worst of dating Michael with social media? The best um, is how much people we're very normal and very adorable <laughs> and very not glamorous at all. People are like, what do you guys do for fun? We're like, we sit at home and go to the grocery store and hang out. <laughs> but I feel like people really like that. And so that's been fun to just be able to share very much what we do. Um, and I think the hardest part is just people having opinions about whether or not they feel like either one of us is worthy of the other. Isn't that funny that people just want to weigh in on that? Yeah, I'm like, do I weigh <laughs> in on your everyday life? No. I don't tell you who you can be with or why or, you know, it's such a weird, social media is such a weird thing. Trisha Yearwood and I were recently talking. Oh, Trisha, you know. I know, at the <laughs> CMT Awards when we got to sing together and she was like, it's such a different world for you because we were able to turn it off and mm-hmm. people didn't know. Now, they know mm-hmm. what you're doing and they know pretty much everything about you and can comment on it. And I thought that was really interesting. So how did you and Michael meet? Because y'all had a whirlwind. It was fast. Yeah. Like six months y'all are engaged, right? Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I've known him for five years probably. You interviewed him on the red carpet, right? Yes. Two years prior. And y'all were both in other relationships. Mm-hmm. But you kind of both maybe thought the other was cute. Yeah. It was kind of that. And I mean, even before I had a record deal, I was like, oh, my girlfriend used to work at a bar where he would come in and I would be like, God. He's so cute. He's so cute. He's so cute and so nice. And so nice. And everybody always said that. And I was like, oh, what would it be like to date Michael? (laughs) Then I get a record deal. We play some shows together and I'm dating somebody else. And we are, this is almost a year before we (laughs) actually started dating. And I'm like, I don't know what I feel but it's not just because it's Michael Ray there's just something about him so I let it go for a while and then about six months after that I was like oh no we we played a show together and I was like I like I couldn't even be in the same room with them because it's weird yeah (gasps) and I remember standing in a meet and greet line where it was all four artists on a show together and we all did a, a group meet and greet and I remember standing and making sure I stood next to him because I wanted to feel his arm around me. <laughs> and I was like, all right, Sorry. I've lost my mind. Like, I've lost it. And I had to end my relationship because I was like, even if... Because of just the the thought of Michael. Yeah. I, I really? was like, I can't, I can't do this. And very soon after well, that... Well, that let you know, though, that obviously if you could feel that way about someone else, it was time to end that It was one. time to, it was time to let that go. Mm-hmm. And... We started, I direct messaged him on Instagram and we talked and talked and talked and talked. And what'd you say in your direct message? I'm sure that it was something I used to comment like on his food or on his dog or on his show, what he was doing. I felt so stupid. I was like, you're an idiot. Like, I can't believe you're doing this. But, (laughs) and that was the only person that I've ever done that with. Um, and yeah, I don't know. We hung out one night. Neither one of us canceled because you know, everybody's always like, we should hang out sometime. And then Mm -hmm. you cancel. Mm -hmm. We didn't cancel. And I left that night and he left that night knowing that we were going to get married. We, really? Yeah. Like we moved in together two weeks after that. How did you know? So I fast. don't know. What was it? Uh, one moment we looked at each other hanging out and I knew right there. I don't know how to explain that because I'm not that girl ever. I was in a relationship for four years before this. 
I looked and I was like, you are it. And the, all of these other things, just like my career, everything started to make sense. All of this stuff that I've been battling, I know why now. Really? Mm -hmm. And all of my friends knew, my parents knew. It was very bizarre. So when people ask us like, give us hope, I'm like, don't listen to my story because <laughs> it's not normal. So what is it about Michael that you love the most? What's his personality like as being in a relationship with him? Like, what is he like to be with? Um, He's very funny. I don't know that people know how funny he is. He's very funny. I think I love his heart the most because he wakes up. I've never really met anybody who wakes up every day trying to make sure that everybody else is good. Really? Before like themselves. How so? He just, whether he's with me or not with me, he wants to make sure in every single way, from small things to planning things in advance or anything in between, he's a great communicator and he just, he wants to make sure that I feel good because he always says, for him, if I feel good, then he's good. And he's like that with his family. Aww. He's with, with that, his friends, people that work with them. Like, that's just who he is. So do y'all ever fight? Yeah, we fight. <laughs> okay, so can y'all can, can get into it? Oh, yes, we can fight. <laughs> we can fight. And usually it's because I'm stubborn. I, we're both Taurus, but I say I got both of the stubborn qualities. He didn't get any of it. <laughs> but yes, we can fight. And I think that's good. I oh, think it's yeah. good to know. There's. It's not, and I think, you know, Again, the highlight reel on social media looks always perfect and rosy and relationships aren't meant to be like that. So mm -hmm. everybody's different. Everybody has to figure out each other. And this is the first time ever that either one of us have ever lived with someone of and how's the opposite that going? Sex. What have you learned about Michael now that you've lived with him? He's actually really, I had never had a roommate. Oh, I and went, you're an only child. I went from So parents, he's your only roommate? Only roommate ever. Whoa. He had had plenty. He like lived with his band, had roommates um, in his home. So, so that's a big just that was big. I think just understanding that that maybe my my brain needs to let go a little bit. My <laughs> friends used to say I lived in a model home because I just perfect. I could not mess anything up. Okay. And it's still pretty clean. But he's allowed me to just kind of like relax in every area of my life of just it's going to be fine. And you've really been able to do that. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's a it's a process, <laughs> but I don't freak out over things being out of place now. OK, I think that's been honestly the biggest thing of just understanding it's OK. Right. That's how I feel, too, because I'm super OCD. And Michael, my Michael mm -hmm. is not that messy. Mm -hmm. He's really not that messy. There's Michael. He's just semi doesn't care about putting every single thing up. Yes. Like, he'll leave his shoes by the couch. But I'm like, just put them on and take them to the closet. Yep. Yep. That's me. <laughs> That's me. I'm like, I do it. Can you do it? But then I have realized, being married to him, that it's like, why am I the one, because I'm more OCD, that gets to be in charge? Mm -hmm. Like, why does my OCD win? Because maybe my OCD's wrong. I totally get it. You know? Yes. That's exactly <laughs> how I feel. Yeah. That's why I'm, like, trying to... It's let good go to let it go. Yeah. But it's hard because you're like, just put it in the freaking closet. Mm -hmm. Put your underwear in the dirty clothes. Yes. Not just on the bathroom floor. Yes. Oh, <laughs> yes. But Michael's like, it doesn't matter. I'm like, well, who's going to pick him up? Yep. Oh, I so get you. <laughs> I get you. Yes. These are topics of conversation in our house. But then it's like, okay, does this really matter? No. That's the thing. Like the little things. Does it, does it really affect the way that I think in my head because of my OCD? No. Right. Yeah. So how's touring? Like, how do you guys do the distance apart when y'all are 
on different tours and different stuff. Like, how do you manage that? Is that hard or? It's a lot easier, I think, than people think, only because Nashville touring is pretty similar in the sense that we at least get one day a week usually together unless somebody's on the West Coast. Um, And honestly, our off days are now spent traveling if we have to, to each other. Mm -hmm. Um, Home is not Nashville anymore. It's just where's the other person for us. Mm -hmm. So we've really like managed to communicate that and make sure to to do that. And he's really good communicator and he's honestly better than me and has helped me. He is? Yeah. Just to. So he's really good at expressing his feelings. Mm -hmm. And just good at like prioritizing phone calls and making me feel like I know where he is at all times. We are talking all the time. Mm -hmm. We do talk a lot. And if we're not talking, it's because the other one knows what you're doing. And yeah. And you both get what you're doing. Mm -hmm. So there's no like, there's no like weird friction there because you're both like, okay, we're doing this and this is what it takes to do it. Exactly. And I think just completely understanding why somebody has a dream and has that particular dream and why they're doing all of those things. Like to know that at the level that the two of us know and that you and Michael know, it's like, oh, okay. I want you to go do that. It's it's very necessary mm-hmm. and it's going to help your career. Mm-hmm. Is it crazy to be like the new country music couple? Because there's not a lot of country music couples right now. Mm-hmm. Are there? No. I mean, who who's who's in the country? Who who is? I mean, obviously you got like the oldie, oldies but goodies like Garth yes. and Trisha will always be right king and queen. But as far as like the new wave, I mean, I guess it's Kelsey and Morgan. Oh yeah, Kelsey and Morgan, Ryan and Marin. Yeah. And then us. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's it's funny. I never thought that this would be what I would be. I never thought that I would marry another artist. Michael never thought he would marry another artist. Um, But it oddly is like just the way that it should be. And Mm -hmm. I think that how amazing that we will be able to share our lives and our love of country music together. Yeah. Is there ever any jealousy with the other's career? Or is it because y'all get it? It's easier? I think because we get it, it's easier and we are transparently honest with each other. So if one of us is, there's, you know, it's going to be, he's up here, I'm down there, I'm up there, he's down, we're both together. And I think we're just very realistic with that and very transparent and mm-hmm. don't try to hide that because that's not going to do any good. And um, I don't, there's not jealousy. We're rooting for each other and want each other because I feel so much of, if he wins, it's a win to me because mm-hmm. I love him so much and I think he would say the same thing, but we're just honest. And if one of us isn't feeling great and the other one's flying high, you just got to be honest. Yeah. And like you've already learned through your whole journey, there is no straight line with this career. Oh, no. <laughs> you can feel on top of the world one day and something can happen and you can feel completely nothing. And that's, I think for me, my my friends who know me so well, in Nashville and have watched me just try to do this. They're like, what is like the biggest thing that you've learned? And I was like, honestly, I spent eight years trying to make people think I was good enough for a record deal to only be doing kind of the same thing on another level. Mm-hmm. And it's like, when you make that realization with yourself, you're like, okay, you have to do this for something greater than that because that's not going to serve you. And that's, that's you can't put your whole identity into this. And I think I did for so long 
you have to just create and be you and and feel enough in that and feel fulfillment from that and understand that Carly Pierce is not like her radio success or her sales or any of that is not defining her as a human being. So what do you put your identity into most importantly now? I think I obviously live a life of being a Christian and wanting to be a good wife, be a good friend, be a good um, daughter, uh, just making sure that I share good. And I think I'm sharing good through music as well, but just making sure that I fulfill myself in that way. The fruit of the spirit to me is how I want to live my life. Aren't there like nine of them or something? Seven. Seven. (laughs) What are the fruits? Uh, gentleness, kindness, patience. Um, is it like joy? Joy. Uh, I, I love this one, and I always wish I I can never like remember them on all. my arm. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but those are respect. I think is one, but it's like living that way to me is, yes. and it's hard. And it's hard not to get totally consumed with a career and realize <sighs> that that's not the ultimate goal. And I am very guilty of going through that too well it's your whole life it is it's not like a regular career that you clock in it's you Mm -hmm. (laughs) exactly (laughs) it is a very strange thing to be the product and be Uh just the whole thing um but i always try to go okay that's carly pierce and i am gonna put everything into her that i can and will will make the best music i can make tour my butt off do everything that i can do but at the end of the day that doesn't define carly and it that's a hard thing to sometimes let go of. Yeah. But it's nice to have somebody who's doing the same thing to be able to kind of keep you in check. And mm-hmm. just surrounding yourself. I have the same friends that I had before any of this. I have so many of my band members that have been with me years prior and from the start of every little thing. Um, so I just, I feel like I've kept the groundness of mm-hmm. people who just treat me the same and don't view this as... Like, oh, well, now they view me as the same person. Yeah. I love that. So what is a successful life to you? Oh, my gosh. If you had to define it. If I had to just define a successful life. Um, I mean, I want I want to be one of the ladies you think of that made a mark on country. I always joke and say, you know, Dolly, Trisha, Reba, Faith, Shania by name, mm-hmm. Martina. I want... If you know anything about country music, I want you to know Carly in that way too. Um, but that that is my success in music. I want to be a Grand Ole Opry member. I want ACM, CMA awards. I want to have something forever in the Hall of Fame. Um, all of those things. But I really just, I feel like a successful life is anybody who works with me or knows me or lives with me or is in my family to just say that I was a good person that treated people right, worked hard, was classy and just was good to people and, and just create an environment that was good. I love that. What does love mean to you? I think very similarly, um, loving the way Jesus did loving selflessness and always trying to strive to prioritize others over yourself and 
never giving somebody a reason to not trust or mm-hmm. be able to fully give you give you their heart. What do you think the secret to a healthy relationship is? Communication. Yeah. Yeah. I, I and what's funny is anybody that I talk to that's married or uh is trying to give us advice. <laughs> the first thing out of their mouth, no, no matter if they've been married for a year or they've been married for 60 years is communication. Mm-hmm. I think it all comes down to, you have to talk to each other mm-hmm. and all, I, of it. all of it and good, bad, ugly. And that's something that's been challenging for me. Cause I was kind of always somebody who internalized. So to be able to communicate is something that I think I'm now seeing benefits of that i love that so when can we expect this new album coming out with all of this amazing music personal looks into you i mean i think the fall sounds pretty good so and closer to use on the album right yes it is yes so that'll be the first song of the i guess it's the kickoff to the album yeah but i just want i feel like i've let people know there's so much more than just love songs in this album that is a huge part of it but there's what a el- lot what other on. categories are we hitting? Heartbreak. We're hitting apologies. We're hitting woman anthems. Uh-huh. Um, I wrote one of the most uh, oh, precious songs to me that I still am trying to figure out how to sing it without crying, but it's called It Won't Always Be Like This. And honestly, this entire journey of Kentucky to the struggles in Nashville to meeting Michael is in that song on a very like I could have never written this song and put it on my first album because people didn't know my story but now they know it Mm -hmm. and that's something I'm really excited for people to hear Uh, Harley yeah well I like to wrap every interview up with leave your light so you've obviously inspired us a lot in this interview but just what is some wisdom that you want to drop on people oh my gosh um to understand that your value isn't in other people, your value isn't in your successes, your, your, everybody is worthy of chasing dreams and sometimes things don't go as planned, but sometimes that's exactly what is the plan. And I think just trusting that you can do it and don't let people steal your joy. I love that. You're amazing. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for coming on (laughs) and just sharing so much light. Thank you. Carly Pierce, everyone. Thanks, girl. Thinking of popping the question? Diamonds Direct has an offer you can't miss. This month only, buy a natural diamond engagement ring of one carat plus and receive a free natural one carat diamond tennis bracelet valued at $2,000. Imagine giving her the ring of her dreams and her wedding gift all at once. No one provides education, selection, and value like Diamonds Direct. Your chance to get a free tennis bracelet from your friends at Diamonds Direct won't last long. Details at DiamondsDirect.com. Hey, guys. Back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck, yeah. And some waves. So we could go surfing. Oh, <laughs> ah, love that. A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, Tanner girl go shopping. Yeah, baby. Wait. 
Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. During the Right Rug Flooring Hello Summer Sale, you'll find savings throughout the store, all backed by the right price guarantee, including carpet with a lifetime stain warranty, only $159 installed with pad. That's right, $159 includes expert installation as soon as tomorrow. Visit rightrug.com, R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com to find a showroom near you or schedule a free in-home shopping appointment. Say hello to summer and save. Right Rug Flooring, right here, right now.